I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to the Wiseman Save podcast in what is the first one of 2019, kind of, if you don't include the reaction shows mm. that we put out. It's the first time we've got together and sat down to discuss our beloved Sunderland Association Football Club. I nearly didn't put the association in there, and I would have got pellets for that, wouldn't I? Mm. People don't like yeah, that, do yeah. they? <laughs> it's a big no-no. <laughs> as that, long as it? you don't mention the, the year of the uh, inception of Sunderland. Oh, yeah, we're getting involved. That. not getting involved in all that stuff. Um, right, we're coming... To you now for the back of a, a draw at Charlton, but obviously we haven't been here for a few weeks, so what we'll do is we'll we'll have a look at that Charlton game specifically because it's still fresh in everybody's minds. Um, then we're going to hear some reaction from some fans who were at the game, and then we'll just discuss where Sunderland are, what the Christmas period's done uh, in terms of our chances of promotion, and just reflect on some stuff. Josh Madger might get a little bit of a mention as well. We'll, we'll maybe, maybe brush over that one. No, we won't. Right. Okay, so we all watched the game yesterday down yes. at the Valley yep. and I think generally the mood would be that you would have taken a point before the game because Charlton were being built up into being this amazing team at home that won five games in a row the division's in form side but I think after the first half performance in particular disappointed that we, we, we couldn't get the three points yeah I was very disappointed particularly conceding that goal so early on in the Michael second Loft, half. by the way yeah, I was going to say you have to do the introductions, yeah, but he just explained what's going to happen. Yeah, it was very. It was like the live shows. That's the way he did it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now we've got the um, itinerary sorted. We can <laughs> yeah, get on with the show. Um, but yeah, very, very disappointed in the end. Particularly conceding that goal so early in the second half after we'd been on top so much, and you would have hoped we'd carry that momentum into the second half, but. It wasn't a B, um, and like we've all commented, we were very wasteful in the first half, and they came back to bite us a little bit in the second. However, I do think there's a little bit of a narrative around the game that Charlton kind of absolutely battered us and put us to the sword second half, where I actually thought the last 15, 15 20 minutes we grew back into the game and we had chances to win it as well. Yeah. I thought we were so dominant first half that when we went in at half time and couple of people were texting me and us in the group chat and stuff were saying, you know, we hope it doesn't come back to uh, bite us. And I wasn't sure it would because I thought the only way Charlton are going to get back into this is if they dramatically change their game and they came out like a train. Again, we, we, we're seeing teams do this with the players and just really, they're treating that almost like it was like last chance saloon kind of thing. And then, But, they're t- but, they're, but it, it followed a similar pattern because they're tired. And when we, in the last 15 minutes or so, mm. we started creating chances again. I think the, the reason they got back into the game was more the, the way that they changed the they changed the way they played, didn't they? So in the first half, they were playing out from the back and we pressed them. And then in the second half... But everything they did was quicker, wasn't it? Well, it was, it was but more they got, intent a, to but they got the ball they forward did. quicker mm. and that's what put us under pressure. Um, as we've seen, 
you know, so, so many times if if the defence is put under pressure consistently, um, you know, the likelihood is that we're going to give chances away, um, you know, losing headers and second balls and around the penalty area, um, you know, and that's, I think the, the equaliser was frustrating because I think Taylor, who he wants, he's like one of those forwards who wants to feel a defender all the time. So I thought, you know, even though it might be counterintuitive, Bolden maybe could have given him a, a yard, and even though he was in the box and he was just got too tight to him, and like he just got turned really easy for the goal, which is frustrating because <coughs> you know he was really good, Taylor, but it did feel as though he kept playing to his hands because he kept trying to get like go to his backside, and then like you just feel a, a bit like Defoe would do. As soon as he feels a defender, he knows he can turn. So and it was, he was doing it all the time, and it was causing problems and. I mean, well, you know, it shouldn't take away from the fact that against Blackpool, and um, yesterday, I thought it was probably the best we'd played in a while. Now mm-hmm. I know some might say, "Well, we played poorly in the second half." I think you know, to be fair, Charlton they made they, yeah. they and a game of football over ninety yeah, minutes. Yeah, and um, we'll we'll come back onto the the Blackpool game and in a bit, but. Um, People are starting to, you just touched on it there, Mickey. People are starting to, oh, I don't want to say panic, but worry a little bit too much. And you need to treat this game in isolation. A point away from Charlton isn't a bad result, really. No, not at all. I mean, on the opening day, I know we had a little bit of a scratch team out compared to what we've been able to field later in the season. But I think they're still one of the best teams we've played at the stage in my life so far this season, the way they set off. And I think they've proven they can't sustain it over 90 minutes, but they've proven they've got the capability to, to beat anyone in the league. And despite all the off-field problems, they've really thrived this season. So I totally agree. So it's not a bad point at all. The goal we conceded, and you, men- you just mentioned there, Gareth, and you spoke about it, it, it was... It was really unlucky. It was, yeah. and it reminded us of. Do you know when we were like in the Premier League and we were just having no luck, and we were like we would like concede own goals like that. And Scott, it felt like that where like almost feel sorry for yourself kind of goal. I don't know it's, it's been a while un- since we've had one. I don't one know if it's unlucky. I think uh, yeah, it, it, it is. The slightly the fact it it's is. gone in, gone where it has after it. From James' James's point of view, yeah. that's that's unlucky. Yeah, a bit unfortunate, yeah. But they, they had the chance to deal with the the problem. Yeah, um, every goal though yeah. you, you could break uh, down and say somebody should have done something better and dealt with and something we've had, better you know we've had our own bit of luck over <clears throat> the course of um, over the course of Christmas fixtures so we, I guess you know we can't complain too much but it, it, I think the you know the frustrating thing is the first time we played really well and we created loads of chances um, see Gucci at the bar White I don't know if he was offside or not but he should have scored really the rebound, I mean yeah. it was a tough chance that like because it came back really yeah. quick but it almost hit it too well, if anything. Should have, as, as in the words of Andy Town, then probably should have like if it, smashed, if it just smashed into his face and trickled into the net. Yeah. Then uh, what, we, what did we think about White's performance generally? In general, I thought he was very good. He gives us a new dimension. Like yes, he does look a little bit ungainly, a little bit cumbersome, but he he wins the ball in the air, wins the flick ons, and it allows Madger and McGeady and people like that to make good runs and get behind them and. You can, we can get deeper options when the midfielders can like kind of get into position when he holds the ball up so he's good in that regard yes his finishing was perhaps a little bit sloppy but I think that'll come with games and, and it's but he, and I'll tell you what though he looks 10 times sharper than what he did when he came yeah. back in September which yeah. is really encouraging so. he did, yeah he, he takes up the right position we look a lot better our attacking shape looks a lot better when he plays I think there was one way when 
he went through and he sort of let the defenders get back. Yeah. He, could, he couldn't really get the ball Mind out of his feet quickly enough. Mind but you can put that you can put that down a match sharpness, just not being able to um, position your feet. You're right, enough. but the, the defenders did really well. Block, we had two came across to block them off, um, mm. and, and you know it was probably. It, I think you know it looked like you had a bit more time than you actually did, and then seeing the chance to close up quite quickly. Um, but I mean, what to say about White is and. Yeah, he's looked decent, but Madge has scored 15 goals already this season. Um, Wyke, you know, he averages around 15 goals a season in this division, so, you know, you'd probably expect White to score six, seven goals at the end of the season, logically. Um, so, if this Madge situation has developed negatively... He might think um, he might score more if he's in a better team. Well, he, he might, but, I mean, Bradford would have been near the top of the division um, you know last season they were around the playoffs um, so they've been sort of mid-table you know they got beaten in the playoff final against uh, Millwall a couple of years ago didn't they so so you know it's they, they've been around the they top they in the playoffs last year were they? Um, no they didn't they dropped oh they had a massive around the collapse playoffs, didn't yeah. they? yeah yeah that's Under, right. when Simon Grayson yeah. turned off but they, you know they, they you know they've not been a bad team in that league for the last few years, and White scored a lot of goals. But it just goes to show how valuable someone like Madger is. And I thought, you know, he did really well yesterday. His all-round play was excellent, and the way he held the ball, his movement was good. Um, you know, I was really pleased that he started because I know there was dis- discussions about the fact that well, he should be jettisoned or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, well, people just need to calm down, you know, and wait and see what happens. Yeah. The facts. Around him, <clears throat> I think people have that. It's like confirmation bias thing, isn't it? They've got an idea about a, either a person, a player, or a situation that somebody finds themselves in. And the situation is, well, this player doesn't want to sign a contract, so no player is bigger than the club. Blah blah blah. He should be binned. He should be made rotten the reserves. He should run his contract down. All this, all this kind of dark cliche stuff that comes out in these situations. But we don't know any any of the facts about the situation apart from. He said he told Jack Ross he wanted to sign the deal. He hasn't signed it because the agent got in touch with him after ghosting for a week, which is what Nick Barnes from Radio Newcastle suggested that the agent disappeared um, after the comments regarding we've got a week deadline to get the deal done or whatever it was. Um, so you know, it, it's it's who we don't know what what he's why he's told him not to sign the contract. The agent might just be playing silly buggers and he's gone. Or don't sign it because the goal bonus is too low. Don't sign it because, you know, this clause is. I don't like this clause. I don't like that clause. Nobody's just. Nobody's saying he's gone in and said I'm not signing it because I want fifty grand a week or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think the way Sky covered it as well, they they put a very sinister spin on it. It almost say, well, Josh Madger will be late. It looks like Josh Madger will be leaving Sunderland now, and I, that gets planted in people's minds as well. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, no, he's not once come out and said he wants to leave. That it's a very no. different thing. And it's it's just, not like just seen, not signing a contract. It's not and like you want to leave. Like when Ben left, and for weeks towards that, he'd been off colour, like massively off colour. He had a terrible game in that derby, and and then he was away the next day. Um, you know, with Madger, it's almost been the opposite. His performances, actually, his general play performances recently have been high. Now, so the cynics will go, "Well, he's playing for a move, or whatever." We're not, you know, all players who are playing well are playing for a move technically, aren't they? Because you know, if you're at the top of your game, clubs are going to be interested in you. So. Um, that doesn't bother me particularly. He's been playing really well. He's been really. I think he'll stay personally. I think he'll stay as well. But I, th- I think 
Jack Russell have obviously will have since this is all materialised will have had more conversations with him and I just <clears> think yeah, the, the fact that it's a power um, it's a power play by the agent and basically mm. he's gone don't hang me out of dry in public like that mm. so I'm going to disappear for a week that's what he's, that's what the agent's done and then he's on the day of the deadline he's gone no don't sign the deal yeah I, I think the slightly <clears> just flip um, what Gareth said in his head to a certain degree thanks very much <laughs> But no, I think um, I think you're right. I think um, on social media there's been some very emotive opinions, and but that's the nature of social yeah. media. It's instant it's people. The nature of human. It's yeah. just human nature. Yeah. Isn't it? But the, but they've now got the platform to do that, so mm. you get a, a load of kind of like comments together saying the very same thing. However, in the stands again, those three thousand people almost down Charlton yesterday, and they got a really good ovation off all the fans. And I think like the vast majority of match going supporters have been getting behind him doing throughout all these contract things. Yes, you get the odd Dar who criticise him for not holding the ball up properly, but I not don't running around like a headless <laughs> Exactly, but I think Brawley, well, a lot more than Brawley, I think the fan base is still behind him, so that's pleasing despite what happened on Friday. It is easy. It was important he played that game, I think. I do as well. Mm. I think it you know it puts a lot of stuff to bed and he's still he's still a Sunderland player, he's still got a contract at the end of the season. I mean, I think that there'll be a lot of, just, you know, there's a lot to pick out of it. The whole thing, you know, going back to what we're talking about with the... Now, initially, I was kind of saying fair enough about the, the deadline, the ultimatum thing, but maybe they've gone a little bit on reflection. I might look at that and go, maybe that was a mistake because to call they have... Cause it they seemed have, like the right thing to do at the time, did. didn't it? But then the agents, I say he's played the money because he's basically gone, right, okay, then I'm going to, I'm just going to put the ball, you know, you put the ball back in my court and I'm just going to sit on it. And that's what he did. Maybe he wouldn't have done that if we hadn't made, a, made it all public. I understand why they've done that, because it's been lingering on for ages. And there's arguments to say as well it could have been sorted in the summer, but obviously they had more important things probably in terms of getting actual you know, players who weren't at the club into the club at the time because we didn't have a squad. Um, obviously the takeover... Ironing out everything, obviously, you know, Donald and Methwin would still be in a situation where they're learning about, you know, uncovering things all the time, financial situations. I mean, I think it was Chris Wellspoon we were talking, he was saying, I, I missed it, but apparently Donald said nobody will earn more than five grand a week, I think he said, basically. There's a five grand wage cap, I think, a week. Yeah, he meant, I think it was actually me that mentioned <clears> that in the chart. It was... Um... He said it on uh, one of the podcasts he did with Rock Report over the summer, the yeah. 5,000 is the maximum... Um, were prepared to pay anybody but that was in terms of incomings obviously um, and I, he actually admitted that we actually missed out on a couple of players in the summer due to that cap which is obviously good because it means you get the right characters yeah. into the club mm. so. but you know if, it, if it's if it's true what some of the reports suggest I mean you, it, it does tally with manager's not going to get more than five grand and if this Number that's been bandied could be around. That, it could be that at next the review next season. So if well, you get, if you yeah. get promoted, of course. Well, I, mean, I imagine I think a few of them been, be on that. I think that's yeah. been the suggestion. Mm. But you look at that, and it go. It, you know that suggests that Madge's probably on eight hundred pounds a week. Now, now I know a lot of people. Well, eight hundred pounds a week to play football at twenty years old. I'd be, you know, I'd be absolutely over the moon. And all this now. I, I get that point, but there's a couple of issues here that I think are interesting. Firstly. It's a, it, it really does highlight how quickly we've fallen in that space of time, where a player on ten grand a week in the Premier League would probably go, "Well, he's, that's not that's nothing. That's nothing. He should get a pay. You'd expect him to get a pay rise if he's playing well." Uh-huh. And then we drop down the divisions. We've got Madju's, you know, just turned twenty, who scored fifteen goals a season. Without him, we wouldn't be anywhere near we are where we are in the league. 
he might be looking around and his agent will be certainly his agent will be more cynically looking at people like Captain Moore than Oviedo and saying Oviedo hasn't been a regular this season saying he's earning 30, 40 grand a week and I know obviously the, the circumstances behind that are because we've fallen so quickly but he'd be within his right to go what's he contributed compared to what Josh has contributed you know if you're looking from a cynical perspective and say he's getting 800 quid a week and he's going to get you promoted you know and, and, and at this level where players value at the top level like almost outweigh the importance and the, the, the scale of a football club at this level the, fo- the, the football club actually outweighs Madger probably financially it's almost like Madger's achievement this year will benefit us great, more greatly than it will than it will Madger as an individual which is an un- unusual yeah. flip on it because it's usually the other way around clubs don't make money but players do at the top level you know Madger's essentially if he gets us promoted we're going to do better rather than he is it'd be um, interesting to see how players out because as I say you, you, you're correct and say we don't know I uh, know Stuart's going to come out and speak isn't he again in the next couple of days whether that tells us more or not we'll wait and see um, because another cynical view of that would be Madger's hiding behind his, ex- his agent that's an excuse but we, what, don't but, we don't know. We don't know. Do but we, what does that mean, know. though? What, I, I know some people like that, said he's, that, that, he, that he's, he's saying that um, no, his agents told him not to sign. It's, some people have been but then, and suggesting, well, he, he could, he might have decided he doesn't want to sign. But and then he's saying, oh, don't blame me, my agent. Well, you don't. We don't know. Lot, we, but we don't I'm know. saying, but look at it logically. I know there's been a lot of, you know, agents have a definite part to play in the game. It's like me going to work and starting a new job. And then on the day I start the job, going, right, so where's my contract and what are the terms, conditions, all this, and just going, oh, you just draw it up yourself because you crack on. I understand that, you know but what, what I'm saying that, is... That's, they've, got, they've got a purpose, and my point that's is... That's not what I was saying, though. No, but my, my point is a hiding behind the agent comment. I think a lot of it, a lot, and then there was a lot of rhetoric around that about, well, he's a 20, he's 20. He should just, you know, he's an adult, he should be like, aye, what were you doing when you were 20? <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, have you seen Dark Fruits <laughs> and Eyebrows Twitter? They're all 20, wouldn't trust them half of them to tie the shoelaces, never mind sign a contract that's supposed to tie them, like, tie them to a deal for a length of time, probably about, what, a, a third of his career probably that, that he's got remaining, uh, you know, as a professional footballer. You know, people just need to stop and think, the agent's there because he's going to be negotiating, Not he's not just speaking to Sunderland, he'll be speaking to multiple clubs and situations about players and and. He's, his it seems be- like there's his... been nothing concrete though as well and if, oh, again we don't yeah, know exactly. but his, his agent might be disappointed with that fact and he might think actually I'm, I'm going to make I'm going to try and get your name out there one last time and make your headline news which he was because it was a slow news day on Sky Sports News and I made headline news it there is. because nothing else was yeah. going on and they're desperate for something to happen in the transfer window aren't they? we all know that so it's it, it, again another tactic it could I mean people wouldn't be aware of Josh Madger anyway but I think, if anything, we've learned from Sunderland's recruitment methods over the years. It's not always done properly. You, you, would th- you In the ideal world, you'd say, yes, people will have been watching them already, and if they want to sign them, they know how it'll fit into their team. But we know using Sunderland as a case study doesn't always work like that. And sometimes players at the last minute will be offered a play and go, OK, then go on, then we'll do it, we'll, we'll, we'll take him. Um, which would be my only worry about some of the clubs you'd see link like, like Huddersfield and stuff, mm. where... That would be a terrible move for him. Oh, it would be. Because um, there's it, no way Huddersfield aren't getting relegated. So firstly, we could be in the same division next season anyway. But they're going to have the resources to offer more money at the minute because they've got this TV money and the panic, like all Premier League clubs do in January when they're in the relegation zone and start throwing money behind things. And I just hope that 
he's not one of the people to throw money um, at. You know, if he goes to a club like that, and the 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 pressure the level of pressure that'll be on him to deliver will be extraordinary he's compared not to Premier, he's, not to. Premier League no, he's not Premier League he's not he, he will I, be. I, I watch the Premier League every week <clears throat> and then I watch Sunderland and we're way off it like we are absolutely oh, yeah. miles off it well, you look at some interesting results yesterday in the FA Cup and I know it's the FA Cup but Peterborough lost 5-0 to Middlesbrough um, Warsaw lost 5-2 to Bolton um, I know that Portsmouth went to Norwich and won which you know, somebody might say, "Well, look at that." Portsmouth are having a good season, yeah. yeah. And Nor- yeah. But Norwich are having a really yeah. excellent season. Made a lot of changes, though. Um, so, so um, yeah, <coughs> it's, it's uh, there's definitely there's a there is a gulf, and but but you know, going back to what you're saying about Madrid, he's definitely not there. He will definitely will be because he's got he's got you know that he's got the calmness and the, and the touch to. To, to play at the top level and he'll learn all the other stuff as he goes but that'll remain that's not going to he's not, not going to leave him that talent's not going to disappear that talent he's got for for moving the ball quickly in a, in a small space and getting a shot away he'll always have that so when he learns everything else you know and he'll, he'll be he'll play he'll play for a top, top six team eventually in, in, in the Premier League. Sign the contract, Josh, sign the contract. Yeah, just to kind of finish off on that, I just the reason why I'm so desperate for the sign is because I look around the Sunderland squad and I think there's not that many players who I think could make the step up to the Championship and kind of consolidate. But Madge is one of the few players I look at and I think, right, he could grow with the club. If we get to where we want to be in five years' time, I think Josh Madge could be part of our process. So it would be really disappointing to lose him at such an early stage. If he scored 12 goals in the Championship um, in a season next year, I think that would be a really good season for yep. him after this season. And that's probably got to be the target, 12 to 15 goals next year in the next level up. That's awesome. Um, and he's only, he's only going to be 21, you know, so he's got so so much time to achieve what he wants to achieve and he, he, shouldn't, dis- he shouldn't take a chance and disrupt that. He's got more talent than, I know people, again, Oh well, look at the sorrow. He's not like the sorrow's not dead. He went to Swansea. <laughs> you know, people just need to calm down. You know, he'll be, he'll be all right. But Josh Madge has got a lot more talent about him. Generally, I think the sorrow, the sorrow's you know a bit one of those sort of you don't know really what he's going to do next. He doesn't know. He's got a bit of pace, yeah, like a trio, not as good as Adama Traore, but a Traore type player. Madge has got. More than in his look. Sorrow, I think he's more of an athlete and a footballer in a lot of ways in, yeah. in the way he plays. And I'm not trying to obviously like say like oh I told you so or anything, but I watch a lot of like under twenty three football, and I remember watching Madge and the Sorrow when they were similar ages. And the Sorrow would often play under twenty three football almost if it was a little bit beneath him, and he would produce a moment of quality every game, which in fairness to him would often win us a game. And you can't complain too much about it, but. Madger, even at like the age of seventeen, he always looked like a much better all-round complete footballer. And um, I always used to notice during the games, so I used to stand next to the dugout when Andy Welsh was in charge. He was always kind of calling Madger over and like giving him bits of like tactical advice during the game, which Madger would always like carry out, and he was always like looking to learn and improve. And I think he's carried that on to the first team. So I think he's got a really good attitude. So that's another reason why I hope he stays and gets his contract signed. Yeah, he, he he does come across like somebody who wants to learn and improve himself, and for for that reason is what is why I think he'll stay because I think Ross will be reminding him of this. I think he he's not stu- he's not a stupid kid, mm. and he understands that his development is going along quite nicely mm-hmm. in the situation he has now, and it wouldn't be great to go and change that, especially when it's not like we're offering him a rubbish contract. So 
I just think it's sad that you know it's it's got to this stage and multiple parties have played the part in in the situation. Um, I just think it's sad because he seems like a a genuinely grounded, nice lad. He's not like one of these, you know, young footballers swanning about in a big car around the town and that like we've seen in the past. You know, I've had young players who barely kick the ball and like you know go on like the next, you know, George Best or whatever. You know, it's like. He hasn't done that, and I think he gets he's he's ended up kind of being lumped into that sort of group of players because of what has happened here. It's like, oh well, he, you know, he couldn't care less. They're all you know parasites or whatever, and they don't care about this, that, and the other. People just need to <coughs> just relax and wait and see what happens. And in the meantime, his performances deserve our support. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always ask that. Like, what everyone goes to the game and says, oh well, you know. You, all you ask for is the players go out there and, and give everything and he does that every week so we can't there's, there's nothing in my opinion he deserves our, he deserves our support he deserves that respect and, and whichever way it goes if he leaves and it'll be really disappointing but I, 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 I like to say Stephen I think he will I think he'll stay I think he'll sign and I just think because it kicked off on Friday the way it did kind of exploded people have forgotten like that he is still here and you know, there's a long way to go. Right. Okay, well, we did tangent off on a Josh Madge a little bit earlier there. What we're going to do is we're going to hear some reaction from uh, down Charlton, some okay. fans in the pub after the game. Yeah. Adam from Adam Webb, who does some bits and bobs, or has been doing some bits and bobs for us recently, was down there, so he got some audio and reaction with a couple of his pals and uh, a couple of supporters. Yeah, so we'll listen to that, and then we'll come back, we'll have a, a further discussion. What do you think of the game today, lads? Yeah, I thought it was the definition of a game of two halves, really. Like, first half, we should have been 2 0 up, really. Second half, we were absolute garbage, mate, I thought, to be honest, personally. Yeah. It's always disappointing when you go a goal up not to win, but I felt like if we had won the game, it would have been daylight robbery oh, after yeah. that second half performance. Yeah. Charlton had three or four chances to, to, to take the lead. Yeah. Uh, the amount of chances they had in the second half was like scary. There should have been about three one up, really. It was a very League One game because they just <laughs> didn't punish us. For, yeah, it wasn't uh, very entertaining. The chances like, we gave them. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Luke Ronine was brilliant, as you said. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Reese James struggled. I think I, I, we missed Oviedo at the day, like to be honest. To be fair, James set up a goal. I, I think he did offer, uh, you know, a right. little bit going forward. But sometimes he, he had a few shaky moments at the back as well. So, other than Ronine, is there anyone else that stood out for you? I thought McGeady was decent. Uh, Maja, Maja today actually played really well oh, yeah. as well, he's like holding the ball up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, good skill on the and, ball. Um, well. He's distribution as well. Like he managed to get a couple of decent out balls to like Wyke and yeah. um, like power in that when you thought there was nothing on, you know. Yeah. And you know, given what's happening at the minute, I thought it was decent from him. Yeah. I always rate him, but I, I've got to give a mention for McGeady because I thought he actually was quietly very good today. He won a yeah. lot of interceptions, won a lot of headers, even though he's not the biggest. I always feel like he's one of those players that goes under the radar. Do you think he's earned a place in the next few match weeks? I would say so, as long as Honeyman's still out. Um, yeah. I don't think Catamol's been that impressive lately. Yeah, McGeeock did well. Like He always does that, doesn't he? He's always like he's never like one of the worst players. He's always just kind of like flitting in there. It was like funny, so. he played in that long win and run that we had. And yeah. He never did anything better than like a 7 out of 10, but it was always a 7 out of 10. You know, he was exactly. always really solid. Yeah. I, I think it's an Unpopular opinion, but I miss uh, Honeyman to be honest. Like, I, I think 
with Honey Manet. We kind of um, we always look a bit more threatening going forward. You'll get ripped apart on social media. I know. You better watch what you say on here. I can hear people typing. Might have to edit this bit out. But I think like Honeyman injects a bit more energy into the squad. Like I like White in that today, but when when we were crossing the ball into him and that, you never thought that we were he was going to get it or anything like that. But with Honeyman, everyone's got a bit more energy. I always feel like Honeyman links the defensive part of the midfield and the attack a lot more than the other players do. You know, they'll carry it forward a little bit like Williams did today for Charlton. I was actually he always seemed like he was in space. Williams, yeah, yeah. He was always looking to make a forward pass. You know, he could have done that for us last season. Yeah, got a good reception from the Sunderland fans. Yeah, both sets of fans give him a big round of applause. Like moving on to the defence, I've seen a few people already calling out Jack Baldwin today for his subpar performance. Did you notice anything? I thought Baldwin was okay. I didn't think he was too bad. I've always been a bigger fan of Flanagan. Like Flanagan bailed him out a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Flanagan's absolutely class, man. Like his awareness and that's just like so good. Baldwin sometimes gets a bit lost in that, but I mean today they. The amount of chances that they had, we should have lost the game, so you can't really whinge about a, a ones each. Like, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got to take it. We've, we've yeah, came one of the best teams in the league, got a draw, so. Yeah, I think they've won yeah. the last five home games, haven't they? Yeah, or something yeah like that, they're, so. they're like the second best team in the league at home, so. I think most people would have taken a draw before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a January transfer window now. Is there any transfer targets you're thinking? Wait, well, yeah, all the fans are obviously think... saying, like, Messi and Ronaldo. Show some ambition, show some ambition. Any realistic transfer targets? I definitely think Tommy's is Tommy a realistic. From you know, he's only at Gillingham at the minute. They're not going to go up. They're not going to go down. Yeah. I think we we'll give the them a good offer. I think we can bring him in, especially if Mazda goes. Yeah. He's a proven goal scorer at this level. From what I've seen of him, he might be able to make the step up. As right. Well. So I'll definitely yeah. he would be my main target. And finally, the biggest news of the week, as you said about Mazda. What do you think, then? Do you think he might stay, judging by what everyone's saying? I saw when he came off today, uh, Jack Ross had a little conversation. Not long, like, maybe it's about 10 seconds, but he had a little conversation with him when he came off, and hopefully we can convince him, like, because he's, he's played today, was good, like, holding the ball up. Not even, like, as a striker, just he seems more versatile than that. You could play him in a lot of different positions, so hopefully... He does, but I've no idea. I'm really hopeful that they can talk some sense into him. I do feel like this is the first big mistake that the new owners have made right. by making the deadline public. Because yeah. that, that brings it into the public sphere. It's the agent can manipulate it. Exactly. The fans start getting stressed the, out. The agent's seen it and then give the story that Madge's like going to the press. As exactly. Like and now Sky are all over it. And I feel like that's something that should have been kept uh, in-house yeah. for, for now. But hopefully they can wrap the the owners and manager can talk around because I feel like this is the best place for the place for Yeah, it makes you wish that like we were alive kind of when the when the 70s and that were happening and it was proper football and nowadays you know like agents and that running the oh, game yeah. and stuff it's like annoying and it but I you know like uh, hopefully he does stay if he's got any sense like you know what I mean because he is loved by the fans and it would be yeah. better for his career yeah exactly. great thank you for that lads cheers mate Okay, so I'm here with Peter Sunderland fan after the game today. What do you think of it, mate? Um, it's always going to feel a little bit disappointing when you go 1-0 up and it turns out to be 1-1. But at the end of the day, we're away from home against the team that have had a fantastic uh, home record. And it um, feels a bit like a defeat, but I'm not uh, too disheartened. 
Yeah, there's any Sunderland players that stood out for you today that did well? I thought Max Power did well. I thought John McLaughlin, bar that shaky oh, clearance the, the at clearance the end. Near yeah. the end yeah. Other than that, I thought he had a good game. Um, I thought Madger held the ball up well. Yeah, those lads stood out for us. What do you think of 0-9 at right back again? For me, he stood out and was my man of the match, actually. Yeah, he did. He had, You know what? He absolutely right. He had a really good game. Didn't look out of, didn't look out of place there. Got forward when he needed to. But literally, didn't. Um, the most important thing you want from a fullback is not to get caught out when you're going forward. Yeah. Defend well as well. Based off that, do you think we'll still go up this season? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be very disappointed if we didn't. Not many teams will come to Charlton and come away with anything. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be, you've got to be at least content with that as a Sunderland fan. And uh, finally, what do you think of seeing Johnny Williams playing for the Charlton today? Do you think he was any good? You know what, he came on, he made an impact. He did, I. He, 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 certainly, yeah. he certainly got the home fans um, up and cheering. And, uh, I was a little bit worried that it was going to finish as a big cliche and he was going to really yeah, get, get, he'll get the winner. Go, right, right. That's it. But, um, but yeah, nice to see him doing well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, just want to reinforce the opinion that I don't think it's daylight robbery. It wouldn't have been daylight robbery at all if Sunderland had won the game personally. But we're, we've, we've done the Charlton game now. We'll, we'll not go back into it. We didn't acknowledge Luke O'Neill's goal. And him generally. I tell you, we can talk about him generally. Well, because he's, he's not been, been across for he's a been header, playing, He's been playing right back. And he's been playing very well right back as well. Which well, is, it's, it's interesting. But he, he is... You know, we're talking about the, the new regime and the attitudes <clears throat> of players and stuff. And he just... Typifies everything well, it, it certainly that you would want out of a footballer, and exactly the kind of profile of a player because if who you, you want here, if you look at the way it's gone for him, you know he started that Charlton game and looked miles out of his depth. Yeah, he did, and yeah. yesterday he's playing it right back. If we'd signed him and someone said we've signed this right back, and then he's got his chance because Matthews is injured and he's played, you've gone, oh, he looks pretty decent. Matthews not going to get back in. He's not a right back. Mm. He's a centre midfielder. He's done brilliantly. He could be a right back now. He could. Uh, that's it now. Isn't it? I do think what O um, nine offers you. I think Matthews has had an excellent season, by the way. But I just think Luke O nine he offers you a lot better ball retention than Madger does. Madger. Madger. He's, he's on the brain because you're the darn. I, I am. Yeah. Hold the ball up. He doesn't hold the ball up. Doesn't <laughs> run around like a headless chicken. Just I sell him. Get rid now. Get rid. Um, no, but. No, I think 0-9, though, his ball retention is a lot better than Matthews just because he's a midfielder, so naturally his passing is going to be better. Obviously, he's still got elements of his game he needs to work on, but I just think he's grown into the role more and more. And I mentioned before about Madger, and I meant that that time, um, about how he is always looking to develop his game, and I think 0-9 is an even more extreme example of that because he, when he first played right-back, was it the Walsall game in the Cup? Yeah, where he played right-back? So. And, and he looked like really out of his depth and you were kind of... He, he wasn't like laughable because obviously that's not his natural position, but he talked in the media after about how he'd been analysing his game and he was watching kind of like the top right-backs and what they do and how he can implement um, like elements from their game into his own game. 
and he's shown that and every week he's getting better so it's like Stephen said they introduce it like it's just exactly what you want to see from a professional at the club definitely he's um, got a, he'll keep, he should keep his place I think if, he will um, Matthews uh, he'll, be, the, he'll be there on merit I, I, I can't see why Ross would make that change um, the Christmas period generally then it seems like the Portsmouth game seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks, that's all. Like We went on our Christmas night out the day before that, the night before we that. Did, yeah, and we that did. seems like it was a, a long, long time ago, time doesn't ago, it? Yeah. Um, so we go to Portsmouth and we lose, unfortunately. Go down to 10 men. I think impacted the, the game. We still managed to get a goal. Well, we still we scored in every goal. Did, didn't, didn't, they didn't lay a glove on the first half, Portsmouth, mm. and then you know the game turned. Turned on the decision, didn't it? Boxing Day, we had that big bumper crowd uh, at Hortman Bradford, where we won in um, a very, very dubious way, really, with the with the whole ball. Was it over the line? No, oh, it's not been given. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was yeah, which was quite funny. Um, it was brilliant. Um, Shrewsbury at home would be the disappointing one. We got one yeah. point. Blackpool away three points. Charlton away one point. In that little collection, then five games over the Christmas period, and we got eight. So if we'd managed to turn one of those draws into a win, that would second. be the two points a game thing. Would be second. Shrewsbury would be the one yeah. you would look at, wouldn't it? Where you would look at and say that's dis- that's a disappointing result. I mean, we first half I thought we were terrible against Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. I thought compla- oh, I thought pla- mental laziness, complacency, call it what you like. I thought we let them win every second ball. We let them we let them move it around us and. And when we came out second half and and they pulled the finger out, they were a lot better. And Brilliant goal, mind the equaliser, wasn't it? It was a fantastic equaliser by us. Mm. So probably the best goal. Oh yeah, yeah, the season. move for, for yeah, Magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's <clears throat> that's just a little reminder that you you know you, you're not too big to drop your performance levels, and that will be the disappointing one. But it's not again. It's not a disaster. No. Eight points from ten games. Not at all. And people are getting a bit frustrated at um, recent results and before the Blackpool game performances to a certain extent, even when we were winning, but. I actually did a little bit of research before the show for once, which is not normally my style. But um, and I just looked and during the Peter Reece season, which everyone kind of sees as this like utopia, and quite rightly because we were fantastic. And so that's one nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine season. Yeah, the hundred and five point okay, season. Yeah. And um, and on the 9th of January, we drew away at Queens Park Rangers to all, and that was our ninth draw of the season, and we lost two games, and that's basically a mirror image of what we've done so far this season. So as I say, I know it's frustrating that Portsmouth have been so fantastic and Luton are above us, but we have still got those games in hand. And as I say, we're basically on course for like what happened during like a brilliant season. So I don't think it's time to really panic yet. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks because January is always a month where you have all these games at Christmas and then little injuries and stuff start to creep up. And We have got a, a strong squad in terms of depth, haven't we? I'm not sure if Luton have that. Um, no, I, I was listening to some. I was listening to our manager actually on the um, on that D three D four podcast good, he was on there. Good, that, it, yeah, yeah, he was. Pod, he's yeah. he's a very impressive talker as well, and he he was talking a lot about personalities are important and the profile of player. They'll only sign a certain player if they think he'll buy into what they want to do. And it seems so obvious, but we've been complaining about the years. I think we are finally going down that route now. But what it did what did come across is they are still quite limited with the budget and what they have. And yeah. I did get the impression that. If they get a few injuries, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Justin, they they're not gonna be able. To, and it has recently. They've drew a couple of games, haven't they? And um, they got a last minute equaliser at Walsall, uh, like we did, and, and the, then they drew at Horton at Barnsley. Um, I don't think they've beaten the team in the top six this season, apparently. Um, okay. So that might be a staff worth cross referencing. I'm not. I'm not 
entirely sure because there's obviously the top six changes. But maybe yeah, I would argue the top the, they've not beaten the team in the top six. Apparently that that, that was the Just, the shout before. So um, they they'll not be able. To do, I think we've been like we've managed to win games and get near the t- up to the towards the top of the league when we've not been playing that well. Then we had a really good run of form and we won games. And then even now, it's annoying, but we're still not losing re- no. regularly. We're winning, we're drawing, and we I reckon we'll then we'll have another run where we, like we did where we got that we had like five or six or seven wins on the bounce, and that that will still come soon. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, early on in the season there was a few worrying signs where we drew with Oxford and Fleetwood in back to back late league yeah. home games, and people were starting to get a little bit concerned. Then we went and lost to Burton Albion, um, and then. We we won the next week against Rochdale and then drew with Coventry. And again, there was a little bit kind of mutterings about like kind of oh we need to get more wins on the board. And we had Peter at home coming up, and I know we drew that game, but people were suggesting that was our first big test. Peter had a one hundred percent away record at the time, and we absolutely dominated that game for large part of it. And if Oviedo didn't have that brain fart, then we probably would have won that game and seen it out. And then from there, we had that remarkable run of games. And then again, we had a little bit of a stutter before the Barnsley game where we drew a tournament to Wickham. Um, and then, was it Wickham we drew against before yeah, yeah. Barnsley? I mean, yeah. we, and then we played Barnsley. And again, people were saying, this is a massive test. Barnsley, you're a great side for the level. And, and a lot of the kind of like, not the top 20 podcasts now were saying, Barnsley are going to come and turn us over. And we're freeing it up after half an hour. So I think every time we're having a test put in front of us, we're proving we've got the quality. And I, and I would back us to do that again. The Wickham game was like the Shrewsbury one, wasn't it? Think, to be fair, Wick, Wickham were in a good good run of form when they came to Sunderland. They were they were in their best spell, and they, I think they'd, they they were right near the top of the form table. So and we've had a few of those where we've played teams, and they've seen they were just like Bradford just came into a bit of form. We played them, and we've had a few where people just come into Bradford form, bang in form. I know. I mean, um, they, they scored four game the game after us. Yeah, I think they, they scored, scored four. Yeah, I think in the two leading three. Up I think they yeah. scored three as well. So that you know they they're in form. Um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Where it's, it's funny the way it works out, but you, you've got to, you know, that it's the Shrewsbury game that if we'd won the Shrewsbury game, I don't think anybody would be, you know, bothered about the Charlton result. Um, I think it's disappointing, obviously, that we didn't get, you know, that we could have been second, but it still beat Luton next week, and we will be second. Um, and you know, psychologically, you know, beating Luton and going above them would be, I think, difficult for. For them, I think they did. You know, they, they'd probably feel very flat after that. But then, obviously, if they beat us and you know four points behind, mm-hmm. then and the game in hand that we had is gone. But they've got a cup. They've got a, a draw in the cup, so um, you know they'll be. Uh, there's another game for them to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Portsmouth obviously got through. Gillingham got through, which means our game is being postponed yeah. um, against Gillingham at the end of the month. Um, so I mean we'll have a little bit of a rest there I guess towards the end of the transfer window as well another thing that makes me more relaxed is just the way Jack Ross carries himself it's so impressive and I just think that we have like an absolute perfect fit at the minute because whether we win lose or draw he just remains on a consistent level and he keeps on talking about like the targets that we set ourselves and yesterday he's talking about we're another point close to that target and as I say I'm not saying people were panicking yesterday or getting on the bus but there was a few kind of murmurs but as I say Jack Ross's message is very clear it's very consistent and I don't think the dressing room the players are going to get carried away one way or another so and I just think as I say I think he's a perfect man to carry us forward and hopefully we can possibly get a bit of investment in and they like get a couple the centre half in maybe it's two 
and then depend on the magic situation, the striker, and then we could really kind of kick on. I tell you, did season. get carried away over Christmas. The Sunderland fans at Blackpool. Oh. Yeah, so eight, nine on 8,000 fans went down. I went down spent a couple of days down there. Um, I have never, ever, in all of the away games I've been now, seen a collective state of drunkenness amongst Sunderland fans. So that, to everybody was mortal like what, what, everybody you walked past what term did you use for a collective of drunks Ooh. a re- revelers it's always revelers isn't it? I know gaggle, revel. gaggle seems like the obvious one a gaggle of mackums to revel you didn't say mackums you said drunks well same thing on New Year's <laughs> Day wasn't it <laughs> no, I, I just and I, you know when I was young I used to get myself in some states for some away games yeah, yeah. but every, for everybody to be like that I mean I couldn't believe it I mean I had a few drinks before the game but it was enough for me to like just say, "Whoa, this is this is mad." Yeah, I mean, even, even if you weren't drinking, you were probably drunk off like the fumes, like passive drinking, like <laughs> Blackpool on New Year's Day. You know, who would have thought anything else would have happened? <laughs> Didn't fancy that. Like, did you not? No, Blackpool. Jesus, I guess just been a Tory at this yeah, stage. Not paying this time. That's not cracking. Blackpool, horrendous place. But no, I, I had a lovely old That's time. A very nice areas, actually. No, it was like every town in City Gareth. Yeah. But I did bring it back to the like actual association football that occurred Magic's on the goal pitch. Was great that game, by the way. Pardon? Magic's oh, goal and that completely. game was great, by the way. A little flick. And to be fair, it's probably the best we played over the Christmas period by a long way. I think there's another one of them games. It was like a bit like the Charlton game yesterday, except well, no, sorry, it was basically like a 90 minute long version of the first half for Charlton mm. game yesterday. I know Blackpool, you could argue, had a couple of half chances and they had that one cleared off the line, but. I, I honestly I think, think if, it, I honestly think if he equalised, we'd have scored again. Mm. It just had that kind of vibe about it, and I thought we were very impressive for large spells. Mm-hmm. As we are, Simon Grayson finally has come out and What's said he was misrepresented, 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 probably. Yeah, that's how he would have said it. Yeah, I don't get that though. It's like not as if an actor portrayed him like he was, he was himself. Like, I mean. The thing, I mean, you know, the assistant manager going to that, like the, with the scout on that jolly up, it, that, that they made it lower. There's nothing on telly. Let's go and you know go mm. to this game, watch it's this player, and then slag him, slag him off for because he didn't wear gloves. Wearing gloves or and whatever. Then he, then he, Hasn't he just signed for Derby or something? Um, was it Ad- Adelicon? Was it? The, oh, was it? I thought it was somebody. Maybe I don't know. Is it for, this, the winger? Was it? Yeah, I can't remember what you call him. I might be wrong. Uh, and then he did that um, like level one job centre course guide to management with a flip chart where he's talking yeah. about motivation and working class. Thing, oh, no. If you're going to do a, a presentation like that, at least have a PowerPoint or something. <laughs> you know, like, Get somebody and make some like, video or something like that. Like, yeah. Have a bit of, rather than just going, work really hard yeah. and like, be good and if at we football. do all of these things together, mm-hmm. then we'll it'll be, be right. good. Uh, we'll I've never it. seen the more disengaged set of like players either watching it. It was honestly like reminders what I was out when I was at school sat in maths. Like it was just <laughs> no, like there's no. You wouldn't be motivated by that, would you? Mm. Any any other massive takes from the documentary before we go? I think we're going to probably look at it again in a couple of weeks somewhere. Are we? Yeah. I haven't watched it. I watched it once. Mm. I haven't watched it. The biggest take for me was uh, Martin being having a go at his scouts saying, "Well, you don't know the, you don't know the financial situation. Well, give them the." Given the, the budget before you send them out on the scout yeah. missions, what a waste of everybody's time that was. That was unbelievable. The Nespresso machine. 
the thank you card. I was just about to bring up the thank you card. It's tremendous. It was there from August to the end of the season. Still there now. Probably. Probably not his. Probably somebody else's. There was a lot of. I think there was some people came out and it's came out of it with a lot of credit. And I think two of them. And it sounds strange to say it because they obviously didn't like each other. But Chris Coleman, I Make thought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Coleman, he came out of it. Um, he came out of it really well. I thought, even though some people say no, it was clear he was a chance of blah blah blah. But I still thought he carried himself well. And even when you watched the training sessions, like compared to what Grayson was doing at the start of the season, where he was just like, make sure the ball doesn't stop. Like compared to what like Coleman was doing later on the season, at least he looked like organised and there was a bit of a plan to it. But then obviously I thought McGeady also came over quite well because it showed that he cared. And I think last season there was a big perception about Ian McGeady that he was only interested in himself and his own development. He was lazy and... But he showed that he like was passionate about the club and his development. And then this season, Jack Ross has come out and said that McGeady's actually one of the people he talks to about like tactical setup and different things about the club. Well, he's, he's played at Champions League. Oh, of know? course, but as I say, it's again, it's like perceptions when you don't necessarily know somebody, but you think you do based on what you say on the pitch. And I maybe felt that trap about McGeady that he was a bit like lazy, but he's proved us wrong. So I think the documentary was helpful to kind of show people in a in a fair light. Do you think you carry that? I think you carry prejudices against certain, like certain positions on the pitch, don't you? Like yeah, a winger, yeah. A winger, a winger wouldn't yeah. care. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But a centre back's like yeah. the stoic, like he's bothered about Aye. everything mm. and that, and it's all that sort of thing, and it. It's... We do need a new centre back. Yeah, we do. Uh, that'd be interesting. Well, we're supposed to be getting. Well, he said he thought he was hoping that was going to get done early. So. Well, apparently this week they're getting this one on there, and it's supposed. To, well, Nick Barnes was saying it's a, a right back who can play centre back. So that, that's an interesting one. I would have rather just gone for like a good a centre back who you, you, you can carry it in a division above you. A centre back with a bit of pace, a bit of physicality about him, and someone who can win. I mean, <coughs> it's weird, the weird thing about and going back. Maybe Matthews has gone. You know, Flanagan and but Flanagan and, and Baldwin win quite a lot in the air during the game, so they like win headers, but like from set players when they're standing, they get beat in the air all the time, and that's where we. Sent, I mean, again. Tend to concede most of our goals from set pieces, really. So, and we never ever ever score. I mean, is it is it Gillingham the last time we scored from a corner? I don't know. It's the only one with I Chris remember. Chris McGuire. I think it, I'm sure there was one after, but I can't remember. But just, what about uh, a Bradford Baldwin's goal? Did that not come? From no, it was from a free kick. It was from a deep free kick. It was second ball as well, wasn't it? But, um, <coughs> second phase of play, whatever you want to call it, but. We can't. I don't understand why, why we can't. We've got people like we've got McGeady, Max Power, you know, Oviedo, um, people like that who should like Gucci who should be able to deliver a ball. Earlier on in the season, my main frustration was that Chris Maguire's delivery from open play was absolutely fantastic. Then he put the ball in the yeah. quadrant. He couldn't yeah. beat the first man. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Puzzling. It's weird. But thing. then I, I guess I mean <clears throat> it's maybe a bit of a perception you have. So. It's a bit like when Seb Larson was here, there was a perception that, like, oh, he, he scores like a free kick every time he takes one, but we knew that was far from the case. So I think we maybe look with other clubs with a bit of envy <coughs> about the corner situation, but 90% of their corners probably get the first man. No, but I think they've basically scored the amount of goals we scored this season, only for one of them to be. True. A few of them will be from set pieces. Um, so, you know, if we could improve that, it's going to give us. Oh, of course. Because if you think about the. Because we, we play with, you know, aggressive wingers. We do get quite a lot of corners, so if we could convert some of those opportunities into goals, then you know that, that's an air. I mean, if you it's interesting with Jack Ross, isn't it? Because he's such a he seems such an analytical, like self-analytical character, and like what he's thinking about 
you know, St Mirren scored a lot, but they conceded, they, they conceded a reasonable amount. Um, I'm not saying we're conceding loads, but we do concede regularly. Um, I wonder what he's doing, thinking, well, how can we improve the defensive side of things and how can we improve yeah. that a threat from set pieces? And it'll be interesting to see if he can... Because if he gets those two things right, half right, then we would definitely go up. Because I think it's frustrating as well, because from a coaching point of view, both attacking and defending set pieces, I'm not saying it's easy to solve, but something you can work on every day on the training ground, and it's a finite... Defined thing you can like work on. So as I say, I'd like to see if I'd be developed. It would just be nice. I think sometimes you got to simplify it a bit, and I think we're good. I quite don't mind short corners. I think we're probably maybe best suited to short corners. Um, but sometimes you just think, why don't you just hit a decent ball into an area? Like yeah. just play just percentages, and then get a decent ball into an area, and get a couple of bodies coming at the ball. Like you know, ball and Fagan. I mean, should have really had a couple of goals this season. Um, the more well, Bond's got one, Flanagan's got none. You know the big centre halves. You know the deliver the amount of set piece we've had. You'd think they've had a couple of goals each of the name. You know, but at least by now. But, but anyway, yeah, we <coughs> might be back. We haven't even mentioned the mag game. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> less than about that. The bed. I just want out the way. Um, for, 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 for perspective, they came Newcastle under 23s beat our under 23s three two in the week. Yeah. And our under twenty threes have been really poor this season. I know that I think you guys were missing Sterry and is it Longstaff or something? One of the uh, Longstaff featured for them. Did he uh, against Blackburn? Right. So I'd be surprised if he's involved. So Sorensen's the, their main yeah. hope from that. Um, I think Longstaff's the the attacking midfield. I don't thought much about Newcastle. Right, <laughs> we might be back. Um, <laughs> we might be back. Preview show. I don't know, Frankie. I'd like. Has his appendix burst yet? Yeah, I don't know, he had some disease, didn't he? His appendix was on the ropes. Apparently. <laughs> his appendix was uh, appendix under the cosh. It's agitating for a <laughs> January move. Yeah. Uh, so I, we don't know. We hope to be back Thursday, somewhere or the other. But Happy New Year and all that. Thanks for listening. For your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.